to episode 153 of the Jackson Hole Connection, recording in beautiful Jackson Hole, Wyoming. Support for this episode comes from Jackson Hole Real Estate Associates, the region's largest and most dynamic real estate company in the Valley. For more information and to view current listings, visit jhrea.com. Also sponsoring this episode is Teton County Solid Waste and Recycling, which is reminding you to reduce, reuse, recycle, and the C, compost. Avoid using those single-use products whenever possible. That's right, those little plastic baggies. And remember to bring your reusable bags whenever you go shopping. Welcome to the Jackson Hole Connection. I'm Stephen Clark Abrams, your host. Many thanks to everybody who's returning as a listener this week, and congratulations and welcome to all of you new listeners. Remember to keep this podcast thriving, get out there and share it with friends, give us a rating, and give us a review. We love five-star ratings and some fabulous reviews to share with other folks. The people sharing their stories on this podcast are the same people we see walking around our communities. I feel we all have a story to share, and I want to bring you stories which you'll connect with and are going to add good energy to your day. My mission is to bring you fascinating stories of people connected to Jackson Hole. Sharing stories is which allows us to learn and grow so we can all live full lives. My guest today is Brooke Yeomans, a guy with a story you do not want to miss and which you would not believe unless you listen to today. Brooke has experiences to share which many of us dream of or read about, and one which no one ever desires to have. Brooke originally moved out here to enjoy the great outdoors and experience the fun each season has to offer. Now after meeting his lovely wife, Jessica, being a father of two children, Brooke continues to explore and share the outdoors with his family. Brooke and Jessica enjoy the outdoors and are raising their kids to appreciate the adventure outdoor life can provide. And today, Brooke's gonna share a little of his adventures. Brooke, welcome to the Jackson Hole Connection. Awesome to have you here as a guest. I'm glad we ran into each other a few weeks ago. Yeah. Thanks, Stefan. I'm excited to talk with you. Yeah. So l- let's jump into things. And you've been out here how long? When did you move out here, Brooke? Yeah, I moved out here officially in 2000 mm-hmm. and have a great, great kind of story of how I got here. And it honestly started with camp, camp in northern Wisconsin. And oh, this is gonna be good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Camp stories, but no, I mean, I, I was lucky enough to be able to go to summer camp. It's called Camp Manitowish, in Northern Wisconsin. It's a YMCA camp, and it's got a huge, huge adventure focus: canoe tripping, sea kayaking, backpacking, and you know, you start going when you're ten, about, and then each year you go back and do a longer and longer trip. Mm-hmm. And so, throughout growing up and taking the trips as a camper. Then we started working on staff and I just forged some of the greatest friendships of all time. And so when it came time to pick a college, I chose University of Montana, Missoula, and had some older friends at camp that were living down here in Jackson Hole. So I was up in Missoula and had a cluster of folks living and working down here. And so on all my breaks, I'd come dashing down to Jackson Hole ready to have some fun. So, you know, we had a long winter break. There was about a month. And I would come down and move into my friend's closet over in Evergreen Apartments. It was a long closet. It was narrow, but it was long. And 
Uh, Perfect I, I, roomy closet to live in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For a month. Yeah, I remember I had a kayak kind of wedged over my head. I could slip my head underneath and have my <laughs> pillow underneath this kayak storage thing we had going. And, um, but then I, I got a, I even had a job. I would shovel for this character. I'd wake up at three in the morning and I'd shovel till till businesses started to open up, sunrise, and then come home, eat eat some more breakfast, and just be ready to go out skiing or doing whatever with whoever whoever had the day off. So it was great. Great way to get to know Jackson without moving here. And so when I graduated college in 2000, and I was working for Knowles at the time, came down here, set myself up, and and then it's just been a sequence of amazing experiences here in Jackson. And share with everybody what is Knowles and what were you doing with Knowles? How did you get connected with Knowles? Yeah, well, I you know after leading all those trips for for Camp Manitowish. That, that was my jam, outdoor education, taking kids out on adventures and young adults into, into the you know, Saskatchewan and Northwest Territories and none of it. And so I wanted to be a trip leader. So, you know, the way Knowles works is you National Outdoor Leadership School. And the, that's, that's kind of, yeah, at that time was the industry standard of, you know, trip leading and adventure. Never took a Knowles course as a kid, but always looked up to them. And I took a Knowles instructor's course, which ironically you have to pay a lot of money for. <laughs> you get all your certifications and whatnot. And then I worked a few of them, and it was just it was it was different. I didn't I didn't stick with it. I did it for really just a I you know I took their training trip, uh, which is a month long, and then I led an adventure course out of Victor and or their Driggs is where their campus was. And then it just, uh, it wasn't the same as my camp leadership experience. So I did that real briefly in 2000. And then um, what really, one of my buddies that I was, that was down here worked at CBRV. And so I thought, okay, all right. So now I've done this adventure thing. I've done this kind of outdoor ed thing. And, and this CBRV sounds fascinating. So he was working at CBRV and would just tell these amazing stories about helping some of these kiddos out there. Are you pretty familiar with CBRV? I am familiar with CBRV. However, it would be very nice yeah. of you to share with some of the folks who are listening what CBRV is, because not everybody is. You know, and it's it's changed. It's it's evolved a lot. When when I was there, on and off between 2000 and 2003 or four, uh, they they just take some some kids throughout the state of Wyoming that it's not working with their families or they have a high degree of specialized needs, and it's a 24-hour supervision school. So. You would. Um, my job was a cottage parent, and I would pick the kids up after their after their school day, and you know, walk them across the campus into their residential facility. And well, I can't tell you, Stephen, I learned so much working there, and was exposed to some amazing staff members and psychologists that that really just I was kind of became enamored with helping these these youth, and some of the challenges involved with it were really you know really eye-opening and you get to learn about some of the situations that they came from and it was I mean it was heartbreaking work in a lot of cases uh but it sure sure taught me a lot and there was also a really good schedule because we'd have you know you'd work pretty solid on a weekend day so you'd work all day Sunday and then um half days Tuesday Wednesday you know Monday Tuesday Wednesday and then you'd have three or four days off so it was a great schedule to ski and adventure as well and they always needed help, so you could leave on expeditions and then come back and get right back into it. So it was a great job. So yeah, um, CBRV was my first real job in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and I'll, ne- I'll never forget those days. And so you moved here in 2000. That's 21 years ago now. Yeah. 
and life's a little different for you, but still you're adventurous. You still get out there. How you're now married, you have kids. How has that not, I mean, yeah, life has changed, but um, in what ways for you and what are you doing now? Because you're not working at CBOV or uh, any of those other places. Yeah. Yeah. So interesting. Um, you know, adventure was certainly a, a priority for me in those early years. And I was leaving and uh, one of the coolest things I've ever done was so uh, the fellow Luke Lynch that was a big force in why I moved here. He and I worked at camp together. Okay. He and I were climbing in the Tetons, and we were hiking out, you know, rejoicing after our successful mission, because uh, many missions were not successful. Hmm. And and we were like, you know, this is we we got we got to figure out a way to make this happen for more kids. And so we spawned this idea of an adventure fundraiser uh, for Camp Manitowish. And what we did was we thought, well, all right, let's take something we love, with, which is expedition canoeing, and let's try to raise a bunch of money and start an endowment fund for this camp. And so we decided who we'd want to ask, and we, we brought on two, two buddies, and one was working for Outside Magazine in Santa Fe, and another uh, was uh, doing a bunch of different things. But we got, all of, uh, got together and just hatched this awesome expedition started in Saskatchewan and we paddled for 90 days up to the uh, King William Island up in the Arctic Ocean and it was no doubt the the trip of a lifetime but the the coolest part about it Stefan was that we were able to raise enough money to start an endowment fund that it is still this was in 2001 is still sending at least two kids to camp with a full scholarship so it was a really really special time and, you know, you asked about my connection to Jackson. And so as I was working at CBARV planning this trip, it was really it was really neat to reach out to, every, you know, Food Town and, and the Aspen's Market would save us food. They'd save us the produce that they were going to take off the shelves. And we had, you should have seen our little apartment we had on East Kelly. It was, it, we had three food dehydrators going to plan for this expedition. And they would come back from CBARV, hit the, hit the markets, grab the slightly expired produce, and just start dehydrating and said, hmm. Since, you know, putting it, getting in the freezer, getting ready. We had elk going. My buddy Luke got an elk. Uh, his uncle Bob helped him get another elk. So we had tons of jerky. We made jerky just all day, every day for pretty much that entire year before we launched in 2000. And that was a pretty special, special way to get connected here and um, get some support from the community on this trip. It was neat. And you were out there how long on a canoe? It was 90 days, 1,600 miles Ooh. and 14 different rivers. It was it was amazing. That is adventure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and way to go for you and Luke, um, who's no longer with us, and unfortunately. Um, but way to go for you guys to give something back to that camp that did so much for you two. Yeah, yeah. I think it's one of the things I'm most proud of, no doubt. And that camp's alive and well. And so then. Yeah, that that was great. We went off on that trip, and then I came right back and started working at CBARV to try to get get the finances together a little bit more. And um, and then uh, in 2000, you know, the following summer, actually, I went back up to the tundra and led a trip for Manitowish. It was a 60-day trip that ended in Hudson Bay, started in Saskatchewan, and we took uh, it was a staff expeditionary canoe, and we took these courageous young men up into the tundra and taught them as much as we could. 
And yeah, that 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 was an interesting time for me because I came back from that and I remember wondering what in the world I was going to do. And my my parents said, well, okay, you know, you can't be a professional canoer your whole life. <laughs> you got <laughs> you got to get it together. So I remember coming back from that trip. And you come back from these expeditions, and there's a fair amount of culture shock. You know, you just cars are moving faster, sounds are louder, you know, you've just led this incredibly peaceful existence and at a very slow speed for a long period of time. And so, you know, picture me coming back from this trip, being in Wisconsin, and my parents kind of like, all right, now what, Brooke? What are you going to do? My dad said, well, hey, listen, I've got, I found this place downtown Chicago that does aptitude tests and they they run you through I so I they run you through all these tests and tell you what you might be good at what you what kind of career you might want to get into and just try to give you some focus and so I did just that I remember getting getting in my mom's car and driving down to Chicago and I stayed at my uncle's house the night before this test great I got a great uncle that lives down there and he puts me on a train into the inner city and I'm walking around down Chicago I find this high-rise building and I go up into this building and start taking these tests you know you're bubbling in answers and you're on the computer clicking buttons and you're you know doing you know recording on tapes and and this guy's working with me and he he looks at me and he says look at me and I look up at him and he says Brooke you have Bell's palsy you got to call your doctor right away and it just rocked my world. And what he was noticing was that half of my face was not moving. Hmm. And I hadn't noticed it because, you know, there's no sensation involved in that. And so I was at my uncle's house drinking coffee before I got on the subway. And I did notice some coffee kind of dripping out the side of my mouth. And, and sure enough, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit freaked out at this point. You know, can you imagine having someone tell you that? And so I called my doctor right away and was driving back through traffic up to Wisconsin, back up to Wisconsin, and I uh, realized my eye wouldn't blink. My eye just kept watering and watering and watering. And I'm driving through traffic, not not necessarily anything I had been doing lately. It's kind of was a stretch to be navigating downtown Chicago with more or less one eye. But I made it home and saw the doctor. And yeah, sure enough, I had Bell's palsy. Um, so that was, you know, that was, that was a, a scary time. But the long and the short is this aptitude test, we did get some results, and it told me that I would be a really good nurse, I would be a really good teacher, I needed to be working with people. I thought, all right, well, I could I could do that in Jackson Hole. So I ended up back in Jackson Hole, and yeah, just, just in, started working with Teton Youth and Family Services at that point, mm-hmm. which is a great organization, and I was running a program called Focus on Success, and going over to the middle school and helping kids with activities and putting some fun in their lives and helping them with their homework uh, after school. And then that rolled into working the Jackson Jackson Hole Leadership Camp, which was, uh, there was a couple great things about that. Uh, a lot of fun experiences with kids here in the Valley, you know, taking them canoeing up on String Lake, taking them over to Ann Peak. But the, the coolest part about that was that's where I met my wife, Jessica. We, we did that together. And that indeed is the 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 greatest part of my life I was able to meet her and lots unfolded once I met her yeah some big adventures with you guys yeah that you two have had yeah now you guys have how many kids two kids two kids and they're going to camp as well they're at the camp right now as we speak yeah which is awesome they're at Camp Manitowish yeah and you're you're married and you have kids but your spirit your desire for adventure is still there and you were telling me earlier that there's an organization here in town Teton County Search and Rescue that has actually saved your life and I'm very interested 
to hear in your world what what happened and what does it feel like to know that your life was saved by some other people in that way yeah that that is a great question and that is something i would love to talk about um but it's a tough thing to talk about because that was a that was the worst day of my life you know Mm -hmm. they the search and rescue is an amazing organization and well before the accident that i had on mount moran that we had in 2015, uh, I was pretty enthralled with search and rescue. In fact, I don't know if many people don't know about it, but in the 90s, early 90s, when I was in high school, there was a show called Extreme, and it was this dr- drama about some high Sierra search and rescue team. I think they only aired for seven episodes, but I would, you know, we had the VHS recorder and the <laughs> long string that came over to your seat on the couch, and you could, you know, record the shows right from the TV and beep out the commercials. And I watched those shows over and over again. You know, it was just glorified search and rescue, and mm-hmm. so that, you know, that piqued my interest. And then actually, I was on a Manitouche trip when I was 15 in the Beartooth, you know, a- as a camper, and I remember. Some poor man walked himself off the back of a waterfall and plummeted. Oh no! And we didn't we didn't necessarily see that, but we were camped in the area, and I remember when the team came up to get him. You know, so Matt, you're 15, you're in the mountains, you're enthralled with climbing and backpacking, and then these this crew comes in with all this flashy equipment and just super professional, and, and they just were able to do what search and rescue does. So that was like, wow, I got, I got to get on search and rescue someday, and then. And so then when I when I was in college, I actually was on the Western Montana Mountain Rescue Team, a very small, rarely called upon team in Missoula at the time. I'm not sure where that team's at now. But back then, it wasn't much work other than a lot of fun training. You know, we trained high angle and low angle rescues. And it, it was, uh, I learned a ton with that. So when I moved to Jackson in 2000, actually right off, I put in an application for the search and rescue team. Okay. Yeah, so I, then you know, 2000 and... I think the f- there's only, there's been about three rounds of new class members for the Teton County Search and Rescue team since then. And the, fir- the first, I don't even think I got called for a long time. And then, he, you know, I kept resubmitting. And then at uh, another point, yeah, so the first round I didn't, I, they didn't, I don't think I was on their radar at all. And then the second time I got to the interview process, got through one stage of it and didn't, didn't make the team. And then this last round, I... I wore him down. I guess I convinced him that how badly I wanted to be on the team. And I think that one of the main reasons that they selected me for the team was was the fact that I uh, am so in- appreciative and thankful for what they do. And I and I now unfortunately firsthand know what what that call could mean to someone and what you what they did for me to bring me back to my family um, and made an amazing attempt to save my two friends that didn't make it. Um, that. That was that was just an amazing amazing thing to be a be a part of and see their their professionalism and their work and and uh, I think I've grown a lot from that tragedy and so they felt like it was time and I got on the team and I'm super excited Stefan I I could not be happier you know just to give back to them and do do you know help make someone's worst day a little bit better as they say um, and do everything I can to help bring people home I appreciate you all um yourself and everybody else who who does uh volunteer for the search and rescue because it's a big commitment for what you guys do to be on that team and the amount of training that you put in to um to stay up on um your skills and the coordination and communication that it takes to to do what you guys do because you cover a lot of land yeah 
Yeah, I'm, I've got a lot of learning to do in this this next year of training. It's really exciting. We've already we've started, and they we have a great new class of ten new recruits, and they're working hard to get us up to speed. And we just came off two days of a river rescue training with Casey Bess, and he just did such a phenomenal job. I mean, you know, you know, you watch a lot of sports, right? And it's pretty captivating to watch someone in their element, in the in the zone of what they love to do and what they're good at. And the, these guys that are on the search and rescue team that are training us, it's apparent that they're they're in a good place and they love it and they're gifted at it. And so what what a great what a great thing to be a part of, you know, to learn from the best. And and I think our team is filled with these characters. And I'm psyched to get to know all of them better and grow and connect with each of them because it's an amazing family. I mean, you very much get the sense that I've just entered this massive family and they're going to take care of me and my kids and my wife as we as we go through these commitments and as we go through tough times times because uh, it you know it doesn't always work out and it's it's uh heralding work for sure yeah brooke we're gonna have a word from one of our sponsors and we'll be right back jackson hole real estate associates is the market leader in jackson hole providing every client with unparalleled professionalism and breakthrough marketing strategies their organization is comprised of dedicated and experienced real estate professionals and they offer a collection of some of the most sought after properties right here in the valley for more information on buying selling or market stats in jackson hole visit jhrea.com or give them a call at 307-733-6060 and teton county solid waste and recycling reminds you to bring reusable bags whenever you go shopping for groceries or wherever else you go. Reusable bags are good for the environment because they're reusable. And remember to wash those bags frequently. Keep them clean because you put food in them. We've already helped remove millions of single-use plastic bags from the waste stream. Now we can reduce the number of paper bags purchased. Remember, food waste composting in addition to yard waste composting is available at the trash transfer station. Call 307-733-7678 for up-to-date hours of operation. Welcome back, Brooke. We were just talking about how you were just recently selected to join the Teton County Search and Rescue. And you've been here for 21 years now. What makes this place special to you? What, what did you find that had you gravitate to want to stay here? Yeah, that's a that's a that's a great question because it's not easy to stay here. And I think, well, the the neat thing. So I, after uh, I was working at Teton Youth and Family Services, running the Jackson Hole Leadership Camp with with Jessica, my wife, my now wife, I was again still sorting out what I wanted to do and how I wanted to make make a living. And so I was taking nursing prerequisites through the CWC, which again, that CWC, I mean, that's just one example of why Jackson's such a great community. I mean, I was, I was tapped into that and that was, that was a great opportunity for me to grow uh, some professional skills, but then it, I took another path. And in one of the greatest moments was when I got a call from Jan Lovett and she was a teacher for Teton County School Districts. And I, Jess and I had taken her kids on these leadership camps and she said, Brooke, you got to you gotta come work with me at the school. Come be a paraprofessional with me. And I'm running this this uh, emotional disabilities classroom. And it's really tough kids. I know you have tons of experience from CBARV. I really want you. Will you apply? And so uh, I applied and got the job. That sort of transition, I just left, left the nursing program, just stopped abruptly. 
and realize, wow, schools are a great place. And our schools are amazing. Teton County School District is, is a great place. And, and that became very apparent. And you asked me why why I wanted to stay here. Well, I, you know, that I, it's, the, it's the people. I was blown away. And so at about that time in 04, 05, Jessica and I uh, had, we got pregnant. And we, that, I was young. You know, a lot of, a lot of, Folks here in Jackson seem to have kids a bit later in life. I had two kids before I was 30. So I suppose I was about 28 when Nico was born. And that is scary. That was, you know, I, I, I wasn't as set up as I thought I would be. And, you know, just getting getting into a job that didn't pay a ton of money as mm-hmm. a paraprofessional. But it was, it was great and I loved it. And the school just took care of me. I mean, these people threw me a baby shower like you wouldn't believe. And, you know, I think, I mean, I think that answers your question. The support that I've felt then and then I continue to feel from this community with good things, with bad things, is it's pretty next level here in Jackson Hole. And I bet you hear a lot of people talk about that on your show. I think the common thread there is what I hear is is the people. And, and that's it for me, for me as well. It's, it's the people. And I, I feel that this is a, a community where if you have a desire to meet people and uh, get to know a, a broad range of people. It's easy to do so. Yeah, and then and then uh, the other sort of green ticket to stay in Jackson Hole is affordable housing. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, once when it was time to have a kid, I figured it's time to get get some residents. So we we were lucky enough to get a place out by the Calico there with the affordable housing, and that worked out insanely well. That was a great place, and it was small. So fast forward a couple of years when we were having our second kid, we entered this lottery for the Three Creek development over by Blair Apartments, and we were able to get a two two bedroom, a little bit bigger, mm-hmm. bigger place, and and then from there that was uh that well that was a great place that had some fixed appreciation going on, and and we were putting as much money into the mortgage as we could, and then 08 struck, and 08 didn't work out for many people, but it did for us we were able to well thanks again to luke who was watching the housing markets quite closely and there was a house down in rafter J that foreclosed on Mm -hmm. and so it was bought by a group of young investors in town that he sensed might be interested in flipping it so again i got the call from luke that said hey yeomans i know you're looking at houses you might want to call these these folks and see what you can broker and we were able to get a free market home back in 08 uh which which we still live in now, which is a small miracle, right? Um, it's pretty. Raptor J is a great community, a pretty special place to live, and brings me a lot of happiness. You know, it's 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 a great it's a great neighborhood. It's filled with great people. It's I can bike to work at Coulter Elementary School. I can the kids can bike up to soccer practice. So it's it's uh, yeah, the housing puzzle really worked out for us, and I'm incredibly thankful for it. I'm glad it did work out yeah. for you guys. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, and. Nowadays, when I saw you a few weeks ago, you had just returned from a big adventure. What type of adventures are you doing now? What did you just finish? Yeah, well, I, I uh, you know, ski, ski mountaineering was sort of the, the adventure that I gave a lot of my passion to and a lot of focus on. And then something like 2015 happens on Mount Moran and you're, that, you know, that, that I decided I needed to a different way to explore new places. And I got myself into bikepacking. 
which is something I actually started with Luke. I remember, you know, when, when Luke and Jay Peterberry and I, we went into the Wyoming range and it was my first ever overnight mission from the bike. Um, but then it, it never stuck. I didn't take to it until I realized, wow, what a, what a great vehicle to do something I love, which is cycling and see new places. So yeah, camping from the bike. And, um, that's been a, that's actually got all my attention right now. I have done a lot of a lot of missions, a lot of overnight trips, and cycling is a great way to a great way to explore. I uh, when I I guess when I turned forty, I'm now forty three. I said, okay, I want to do four four missions, four different bikepacking trips, and started doing some overnighters in the desert. Started doing some local missions in the big hole, and uh, and then I then I biked from Missoula to Jackson along the Great Divide route, um, which was a big a big step it's like a 700 mile mission and i i was i mean i was just hooked it, it went really well a great you know it's a great challenge great way to push push the limits and and so then in 2019 i actually uh sent the kids off to camp again and my wife's super supportive i flew the minute school ended in 2019 i flew down to the mexican border and jumped on my bike and rode it all the way up to jasper Jasper, yes. Jasper, Canada. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Along the along the Tour Divide, which is actually the Tour Divide is a, is a race that leaves and it starts in Banff and it goes down to Antelope Wells. And I I did it the reverse. I I, I flew to El Paso and started in Antelope Wells and over the course of twenty five days made my way up to Jasper. How many miles is that? It's about three thousand miles. Three thousand miles in twenty five days. That's remarkable. And what do you take with you for bike camping yeah there's there's so many that and that's kind of the cool thing of the sport is you can tailor however you want to go i mean i i'd see people out there that were packing tons of stuff you know sandals Mm -hmm. hanging off the back of their bike or trailer full of whatever they felt like they needed but i i do tend to take as little as possible and go relatively fast and so you don't take much you take a sleeping pad sleeping bag um and a bivy or a tent? Yeah, I did have a small, small lightweight tent. It weighs uh-huh. like two pounds and, and uh I didn't even use that half the time actually. Just kinda sleeping on the on the bag. It got a little wet in Montana, so I used the tent. But yeah, you take minimal, minimal stuff and that you know, every trip's a little different. That trip you load up on a lot of gas station food, so the nutrition's pretty poor, but a lot of <laughs> lot of fr- a lot of frozen burritos. Uh huh from gas stations you throw them in the frame bag and and keep rolling but i mean that 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 trip you know you'd think i'd come back and tell people about you know about the mountains or the scenery or the wildlife or how hard it was that's kind of a common theme but i mean what i the stories i have you would not believe about you know for for service you asked about the gear right so Mm -hmm. that's a question a lot of people ask so i'm on night three of the thing in new mexico and i'm at a gas station and i'm you know the news the yellow newspaper bins where you put 50 cents in and get a newspaper Mm -hmm. i lean my bike up against the side of one of those at a conoco and i'm you know seeing how many candy bars i have left and figuring out what I need to purchase inside to last for another 120 miles of fuel. And this man and his daughter, who's licking a push-up, come up to me and start asking me all these questions. What are you doing? Where are you going? And so I'm giving, you know, I'm giving him, giving him he's like, wow, that's amazing. I can't believe you're doing that. And he, he's really just, and he comes up with more questions and more questions. And I'm like, well, I, I got to get in and get resupplied. And so I'm about to break off the conversation. And he's like, oh, one more thing. Like, what are you going to do if something breaks? 
And I say, well, actually, last night, my Thermarest valve broke. And so there's no way to patch it. The valve's broken, so I don't have a sleeping pad right now. He said, what? What do you mean you don't have a sleeping pad right now? You need a sleeping pad. I said, yeah, well, I, you know, actually, I have this buddy that I can meet uh, north of Santa Fe, and he's going he's gonna to bring me one. He's like, Santa Fe, how long will it take you to get to Santa Fe? I said, well, it's another two days riding. He's like, two days riding? You look tired. You need a sleeping pad now? I've got one for you. Hold here. And so he's, he runs across the parking lot, and his daughter's hanging there, licking her push-up <laughs> with me, and I'm making small talk with this cute little girl. And I'm thinking, oh, what a nice guy here. You know, he, he's, you know, but I'm thinking he's going to go over to his U-Haul and pull out some massive pad that I'll never be able to fit on the bike. Mm-hmm. And he runs, runs back so enthusiastically with this pad and it's the exact pad that i had chosen for the trip no way yeah it's this climate static v pad and it's uh. the exact one Stefan. so anyway i you know i guess why i'm telling that story is that it's an amazing you know it's an amazing world and there's some really good people out there and this guy mm-hmm. gave me this pad and you know, and said, have a great, have a great trip. And his daughter got to see that kind of generosity. And mm-hmm. it was just one, one of many remarkable interactions with kindness out there. You know, that it's not unlike all the kindness here in Jackson Hole. It's, so It's not about where you live or who you vote for or, or, or so many other things. It was just sharing your story. And he, he leaned into it and was passionate and wanted to see you be successful. And he was generous, very generous. Yeah. And... It just shows that if we find that thread of commonality, that um, we can get along a whole lot better than than what we see some, happening sometimes. And I absolutely love that you called it leaning in because you know I've had to lean into this community in a big, big way with search mm-hmm. and rescue, and and that you, you know that I don't think people lean in enough. I don't think people trust each other enough to to do that and to ask for help when they need it. And and so I think we're we're so privileged to live in this community where the access to those those things is 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 so next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think leaning in and that, that trust it, it requires us as individuals to be a little vulnerable. Yeah. No and, doubt. I mean, you're out there on the road riding 2,500 miles and 3,000 miles, and talk about being vulnerable. <laughs> you're out there by yourself, yeah, for for a long time. And I, I got to give it to you. That's that's a lot of days in the saddle. And I bet you come across some some other interesting people. If if there's one other story that you have from some of these bike trips. Do you have something else that you want to share with us? Yeah, yeah. The bike, the bike trips always, you know, you always, you always have lots of lots of stories from the bike trips. But there was another one from that trip, and I can't not tell it because it's such a such a great great story. I was there was a section of snow and coming out of the Colorado mountains, and it just it slowed things down, you know, beyond my calculations. So I ended up at a in a small town, hoping for a resupply, but time was ticking. It was getting later and later and later. So it's it's dark now. It's nine nine thirty, and I roll into this resupply, and it's a tiny little town, and it's de- there's nothing there's nothing open for me, and and it's a big jaunt after that resupply. So I really I needed something, uh, but I didn't I didn't want to necessarily stop for for too long um, in this town. So 
I'm rolling through and I see these folks in the parking lot of this church and they've got uh, a food truck uh, in this parking lot. But they're, I mean, they're literally stepping, they're rolling down the windows and putting a padlock mm. on this food truck. And I roll in and there's no one else in the parking lot. It's just these these two folks. And I come biking up and asking, hey, is there, you know, is there anywhere I can get some food or, or some help? And they're like, no, every, everything everything's closed. What's What do you need? I'm like, well, I, you know, I'm, you know, and I just, like you said, the exposure and the vulnerability they sensed it it was pretty apparent to them mm-hmm. they're like well let me make you a burger and so no sooner is he rolling right back up that food truck then he's pulling back out his grill from the food truck and he's like how many do you want one or two and then the next thing you know like he's making me two massive burgers they joined me for dinner and you know and i just got to know these folks and they um and, and then the, the woman took me into the church which she was a part of and said hey we've got some snacks in the church fridge let's let's get get you set up and takes me in I pick out peanut M&Ms and a couple snicker bars and I'm on my way it was great. It was just a really special moment where, you know, they, they had a family. They had kids to go home to, too. They could have easily just closed that up, and it would have been a different adventure, you know. And to feel that level of support, I mean, you're you're on cloud nine when you get back on the bike and start going to the next stop. It's just amazing. And so to have that support along the way, was that was a pretty special story. That's that's fabulous. And and you're a special person. You're genuinely a, a person when you meet. I think people can tell that you're somebody that they want to talk to. Um, you don't come across as oh who's this sketchy guy riding on his bike is this a safe conversation i'm sure i looked here? like one i'm sure i i'm <laughs> surprised when people talk to me coming off those trips yeah yeah but no thank you thank so you. have you hit all of the bike trips that you want to do oh are you kidding me no no okay. no yeah no i was i was able to do the colorado trail last summer Okay. Which was that was a that was a that was a really fun one. Uh, it goes from Durango to Denver. That was a that was the time of my life. Did that with a local buddy Aaron Knightum, who was a great companion. And no, there's more. There's always more. There's other countries. There's this bikepacking thing is taking mm-hmm. taking uh, a swing. It's it's there's people putting up routes all over the planet, and they all look really fun. <laughs> I look forward to hearing in a, in a few years where it's the whole yeoman's family going on some sort of bike camping trip. Oh yeah, I've taken the family on quite a few. I took, I, you know, what was fun. I took my dad on one nice. in Wisconsin. That was a that was a great one. It was Nico, Jess, and my dad we took one. You know, that's the thing. You can kind of tailor these bike trips to all ages. I took Sita uh, and a, a good friend and his daughter over to Oregon last summer. We did a you know a little four day loop and or along the Oregon Timber Trail. Mm-hmm. That was awesome, but yeah, you can go anywhere and, and find these routes, and they they all they all bring out the best in people. It seems like so. as um our friend Scott Fitzgerald and Buddy Pegs calls it the Freedom Machine. The Freedom Machine, that's yeah. right. I love Fitzy. He's yeah. he's he's doing great things. Yeah, yep, it sure really is. is. Yeah, and certainly set you free. And and I'm glad that you've that you found something. And um, I'm sorry for your tragic experience up on Mount Moran and the loss of a dear friend that you had up there as well. And, and I appreciate the contribution of giving back to the community um, that you're providing for being out there and making yourself vulnerable with being with search and rescue, even though with the training, you still put yourself at risk um, helping others. So yeah. Thank you. Yeah. 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 You're welcome. And you know, I lost two best, two of my yes. best friends that day. And, and that, that, um, Watching how the community is supporting their families and their their kids that they left behind is 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 pretty pretty amazing. I think 
I think that it's 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 hard, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm very thankful how this community. And I hope they would say the same thing if they were they were on this show. But the, you know, the the women that are continually impacted every day. You know, they don't get to just say, "Oh, I found bike packing to try to move on with adventure." You know, they're they're in it, and that's a that's a that's a heavy load. But they, it, it's it's pretty touching how how the communities reach out to them. Mm-hmm. Indeed. So, Brooke, if people want to reach out to you and find out more about um, your life and what bike camping's like, how can they reach out to you and connect? Yeah, I think I'm pretty easy to find. You know, you can ask ask around and, and find me in a number of ways. Uh, and uh, I'd love to love to chat with whoever's interested in hearing more. And I, you know, I just, I really hope that I've conveyed my, you know, appreciation for this town and how many doors have been opened for me here. And, and I would, I would love to help anyone get going or, uh, have doors open for them as well. Cool. Yeah. Well, thanks, Brooke. Keep loving on that family and enjoy the time while the kids are away and we'll see you soon. Yeah. All right. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. You got it. Thanks, Brooke. To learn more about Brooke and his adventures, visit thejacksonholeconnection.com, episode number 153. Thank you, everybody, who keeps this podcast on the air. My wife, Laura, my boys, Lewis and William, and my editor and marketing director, Michael Morey. I sure hope you've enjoyed this episode, and I look forward to seeing you back for the next episode of The Jackson Hole Connection.